Wait, we actually haven't seen each other since Nana's birthday party. That's like a year. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Damn. I know. And a lot of shit has happened. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Her Define podcast, here to help you define your own means of success. Do you have ambitious career goals but are feeling lost, confused, or even frustrated with where you're currently at? Maybe you have a passion to start your own business but don't know how to achieve it. Hi, I'm Juliana and I've been right where you are at several points in my life. During these times, I've turned to inspiring and ambitious women for guidance to point me in the right direction and lead me to a solution. Each week, here on Her to Find, a successful entrepreneurial or businesswoman will share her real-life experiences and insights while defining the ways in which she achieved success. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Her to Find podcast. I hope you are doing well. I can't believe it has been a full year that we are technically still working from home. I say that in quotations because a lot of people are back at their offices. Some people are still stuck at home. I honestly can't imagine being stuck at home for an entire year. I'm fortunate enough that I was able to go back uh, to work. But for those of you that are still stuck at home, I'm thinking about you. This being the fifth episode, I am also hoping to get to know this audience more. I'm still getting used to this, and currently it feels like I'm talking into the abyss. But people are downloading this, so clearly someone's listening out there. So reach out to me, send me a message on Instagram, let's talk. Today's guest is someone very dear to me, as she's my cousin. Victoria Dariano is the epitome of true strength and dedication. She is one of the hardest working people I know and is always there trying to help others. An athlete all her life, Vic swam competitively for 12 years. When she decided to stop swimming, she needed something to fulfill her passion for fitness, so she started working out in the gym. Her ambitious spirit led her to train for bodybuilding competitions. As she trained and experienced struggles of maintaining a demanding and meticulous physique, she shared her journey through social media. Her following began to grow to the point where she was able to financially support herself entirely through Instagram and brand partnerships. Today, Victoria has accumulated 775,000 Instagram followers. In this episode, we discuss how Victoria built such a large and engaged social media following, her tips on how to deal with negativity in addition to advocating for her mental health, and finally, how she holds herself accountable and remains organized. So you've been an athlete all your life. Can you describe the different sports you played and how they've led you to where you are today? So growing up, I've always been super athletic. We had a swimming pool in the backyard, a trampoline. In the winters, we'd have a skating rink. So most of my childhood was me being outside and like running and doing physical activities. We didn't watch a lot of TV. And then at nine, I started swimming competitively. And that was kind of my main sport and the thing that took most of my time in terms of athletics. I did do a little bit of cheerleading here and there and cross country and soccer, but mainly it was swimming. So I've always had a very athletic upbringing. And then I stopped swimming at age 20 after doing it for 12 years. And I was kind of at a point in my life that I felt very lost because it was something that, you know, I utilize a lot of my time. And then I went from, you know, doing something 20 plus hours a week to not having that. 
So I ended up getting into like a lot of partying and drinking, which just wasn't really healthy for me. (laughs) So I started working out at the gym and I started, you know, seeing people who were doing fitness competitions. And one thing led to the next being the competitive person I am, I started kind of taking on that lifestyle. So I would say the sports have definitely been a huge factor in kind of where I'm at in terms of what I do today, because I feel like I've always been athletic and just like having fitness has always been something that's been an outlet for me. I remember when you were homeschooled, so this would have been during grade one through grade eight, I would come over and ask what you guys had done. You'd be like, oh, you're outside, you're doing all these things. And I just remember being stuck inside school. It's like the worst thing ever. You guys were so active and I was always so jealous. Yes, we, like my mom did not let us watch much TV. I think we would have TV like late at night and our computer games were all educational. So most of the time was us playing outside, um, running around the neighborhood, cycling or swimming or jumping on the trampoline, you name it. Yeah, and I also remember you and Laura fighting over the computer because it was like sacred time because you could never get it. (laughs) We never got it. Laura usually won. (laughs) Was there a point in your career where you realized or affirmed that you were successful and what did that feel like? So I would say there were two things in my, I guess, career that kind of made me realize slash affirm this, that the first being when I was able to financially support myself through, you know, Instagram. So this is my main source of income and what I do. It's my career now. And the second being when people would come to me and, you know, let them let me know that my workouts have made a difference or what I discuss in terms of mental health has made a difference. So kind of being able to reach people on a deeper level and having some kind of a positive impact on other people also made me realize like what I'm doing is making a difference. And to me, that's a part of success. That's uh, largely, I would say, even more important than the financial success. You sort of came up when influencers were like a new thing. So to be able to support yourself all through Instagram, how was that? What was that like? Yeah, it was weird. And also... At the time, I was I was still kind of mind boggled on the fact that I was able to do it. But doing Instagram wasn't like what I set out to do. You know, I have a degree in kinesiology and that was kind of, I was shadowing a physiotherapist. And at a time I was kind of, you know, contemplating the idea of going back to school. But then I was doing what I was doing and I was being able to support myself. So I just kind of felt like I was going to keep going with that. So yeah, it was strange. Um, but I feel like nowadays it's just so common. Like a lot of people you meet, you know, at least one of those, those people are doing some kind of, um, work online, whether it be social media or, you know, some kind of online business. But yeah, at that time it, it was almost just like, it took some time to get used to, I'd say. Yeah. Did you ever feel like it was going to run out or that you would like lose it? Yes, in a sense. So that's why I always felt kind of more secure having, you know, a degree and always having the ability if I needed to, to go back to school and to focus on like that career if I needed to. So I think having that always as like a backup plan gave me a little bit more confidence in terms of being able to follow through with what I was doing. But yeah, I think that was definitely some type of thought that crossed my mind or some kind of fear I would have. So in our family, we have a lot of strong women. Mm -hmm. So who inspires you in your life? So it's funny because whenever I get asked this question, I I have a hard time thinking. Obviously, the the women that I have in my life are people who inspire me because like you said, I'm surrounded by a lot of really strong 
fierce, incredible woman. Um, but when you asked me this question and I had to think about anyone, there was one person that came to my mind and it was Katie Hearn. So I actually work for one of her companies, Alani Nutrition. But anyways, that being said, she owns many, I think like seven different, very successful businesses, but she also has, you know, two little boys and a husband and, She has very successful interpersonal relationships from what I see. And even though she's had like, you know, all the success, um, she's still a very grounded, very humble, kind person. And I think that's the one attribute that I've always been really drawn to is that she's still like maintained a very like grounded type of outlook on life. And she still seems to be able to prioritize what's important and not lose sight of like, you know, a lot of the things that a lot of people do lose sight of when they start getting a lot of success financially, fame, whatever you want to call it. So I think that's someone who I look up to because she's, you know, she's a mom, but she's also like this badass business entrepreneur. So it's cool to see. What's the most valuable piece of advice you've received? Okay. So there's been other, there's been lots, but lately I've been my when I go to my therapist, she always says this one saying, and I wrote it down so I said it correctly. But it's say she always says, you know, if I'm getting discouraged or I have like some kind of negative thought, she'll say, you know what you need to know, and you have the skills you need to have. So it's just kind of reaffirming that, you know, when you're faced with some kind of challenges or you're, you know, having self doubts, like you know what you need to know, and you also have the skills to do what you need to do. It's all inside. It's just even if you're, you know, if you have negative thoughts or self-doubt, you're putting limiting beliefs on yourself. So it's kind of just like looking within and recognizing like, no, you know what? You are okay. You do have the tools. You do know know what you need to know. Yeah, for sure. And I I think I saw the similar concept. It said the universe gives you everything you're prepared for, or essentially anything that universe puts in your way, you are prepared to deal with it. Like they're not going to give you something that you can't handle. Yes, exactly. I I believe that's true. Mm -hmm. How do you remain positive and vulnerable on a platform like Instagram that can be extremely negative and toxic? So full transparency, I don't. (laughs) Um, I would say like this app gets to me kind of just like it gets to everyone. Um, I think some of the things that have helped me is unfollowing accounts that, you know, I don't feel good about, even if it stems from my own internal insecurities. Um, also, you know, following people that are adding value to my life, like, you know, the content you consume is influences what, who you are and what you do. Like, it's like, it's part of our environment now. So I think it's important to be conscientious of like what you're consuming and what kind of impact that is having on you. And if it's not having a good impact, probably unfollow those accounts or mute them if you can't unfollow them. (laughs) Um, also not conversing with negative people, like, you know, everyone, whether you have a large platform or small platform, you're probably going to get some kind of negativity. I think people online have this kind of like courage to just be able to leave comments that they wouldn't normally leave in person. They have this like preconceived idea of who you are in their head. And even if you're conversing back and forth, you're not likely going to change it. So for me, I just delete those comments. And if people, if like particular people keep commenting, I just block them. I'm just like, I don't have time for this negative energy. Like it's, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need to argue and defend myself. Like if they can't see who I am, then that's, that's the on them. I also don't understand why people post like negative stuff on someone's page like what like why don't you just unfollow them like what's the point I don't get it I have literally never done that I don't know how it's like but it's just so easy now for people to do because they hide behind a screen 
to be honest, Instagram's not too, too bad. YouTube's the worst for it. Oh, really? Yes. Like people who are big on YouTube, like I commend them because the amount of negativity you receive is like very substantial. You've taken your fitness expertise onto an app where you post workout videos and nutrition guides, and you can also interact with your users. So explain the process of how you went about this. You said that your app is within an app. Sort of elaborate on all this. My app is within another app. So Playbook, which is the app I'm partnered with, um, they're already an established app. I don't have any kind of tech savvy knowledge. I can't, you know, design an app. So I'm not going <laughs> to, I can't do it myself. So yes, I have an app within an app, kind of like Instagram where you have a page within Instagram. But um, basically I've just created, you know, taken my workouts that I post on Instagram and made them into actual programs because what I post on Instagram is just kind of one-off workouts where people who actually want to follow like a routine or a program or actual structured split, this is something that they would benefit from having my app. It also has like a nutrition guide and, you know, different insights and tips that I provide on there that I don't necessarily provide on my Instagram also within that app, which is a really nice feature is that you also have access to all the other trainers on it. So there's tons of different trainers that have, you know, an app within this app. And you if you subscribe to mine, you also have access to all these. So if you want to you know, follow my weight training program, but then go and follow this person's yoga routines, you can. So it's a really great platform. All of the programs, you know, workouts, they're not long in duration. They're 45 minutes to an hour. They're in and out. There's options to do body weight at home, minimal equipment or gym. So like that's the other thing with the ones I post online on my Instagram, it's, it's necessarily, it's usually just what I'm doing. So if I'm in the gym, I'm posting a gym workout, but if it's someone who only wants to work out at home with no equipment, then you wouldn't get much from my page. You could little bits and pieces, but if you want a structured program, that's when it would be beneficial to try to find something for my app. So it's just giving people more tools to do fitness. Right. How long then did it take you to like create your own program? Well, because I've been doing this for so long, it really didn't take me that much. Um, I do them four week programs at a time. Four weeks seems to be a good amount of time that people don't get too bored and then they can go on to the next one. You know, in the span of, I think, two months, I, I pretty much did the programs I had to do, filmed the videos. A lot of the videos I had already filmed because I'm filming workouts all the time. But and now I just kind of each week I'll I'll work on different stuff for that as well on top of like working on stuff for my Instagram. So, yeah, a couple months at the start, and then basically now it's just like little things I do on the daily. So, how do you define success, or what is your definition of success? You touched on this a little bit before with being financially independent and being able to support yourself with Instagram. So, I think for me, my definition of success is being happy and having healthy interpersonal relationship. You know, having good relationships with whoever you're dating or your friends, your family. Like that's something that I think is it's something that's very, very important to me. And um, my family is and friends are everything to me. So, having those relationships while maintaining other things, I think, is a form of success. I also think ha- it means having a career I'm passionate about and doing well um, at that career. And doing well, not necessarily just in the in the sense of financial status, but also in the um, sense that I'm making a positive impact on this world. Like what I'm doing is making a positive impact on s- at least one person. Um, I also think it means being healthy and not just healthy physically, but also having you know health, um, good mental health because that's something that's important to me. And then again, having that financial security, so you know I. 
I can do what I want to do. And especially once I have a family, like I want to be able to have financial security for when I eventually have a family. I think it's being able to balance doing a good job at my career, making enough money to be secure, but also maintaining that strong interpersonal relationships and having, you know, a good family life and a good friends support network. It doesn't need to be a lot of friends, but just, you know, maintaining those relationships. Yeah, definitely. So explain the process of building such a, a large Instagram following or how did you acquire? How many followers do you have now? Uh, it goes up and down. So let me yeah. <laughs> uh, have, oh goodness, 775,000. So I think for me, it's just, I've always kind of just shared my life and the journeys that I've gone through. So, you know, I shared my journey of doing fitness competitions and getting ready for competitions. And then I shared my journey of not doing competitions anymore and kind of finding a more balanced and a healthier approach for myself. And then, you know, just now I feel like I just share more of a lifestyle type um, approach to fitness But yeah, like I think I've always just kind of showcased and, you know, shared my journey. And that's been what has really helped me grow and being consistent with sharing content. Like, you know, you do have to, it's a lot of work. People don't quite realize until they start doing it, how much work it is to be posting and, you know, keeping being active on social media. For me, it kind of just happens slowly over time, just sharing who I am and sharing my life and sharing my workouts and my interests. And there was no like set thing that I did. It was kind of just sharing over time and I just accumulated followers and kind of just progressed through that. There are a lot of accounts that appear to be influential. They may have a lot of followers or promoted by other celebrities and brands, but they don't receive likes or comments or engagement. Your following is very engaged. How did you go about achieving that? I think showing that I'm just like a normal human being makes your stuff a lot more relatable. Like I'm not just like an Instagram model. Like, of course, there's Instagram models that do really well on Instagram. But for me, like, that's just not who I am. And I think because I share things that I go through in my life, which are things that, you know, a lot of people go through because life's crazy and we all have our own struggles. I think it allows people to see more than just a person on Instagram. They see like an actual human being. So I think that's one thing that's helped. I also think, you know, taking the time to respond to people. And I haven't been doing the best of the job at this lately. But usually I do a pretty good job at trying to get back to people. Sometimes it can get a little overwhelming. But I think acknowledging the people who are commenting and trying to answer people's questions and just, you know, people are taking time out of their day to message you. So trying to take time out of my day to message them back is important. And yeah, I think also posting content that is useful. Like I really like that's why I like sharing workouts because I'm like, even if they don't reach a crazy amount of people, you know, there's people who are going to take at least one exercise or maybe they're going to take this workout or maybe they're learning something from this. So I, that's why I kind of like that content because it's, there's a lot of use within it. So people are gaining something from it. What are some Instagram metrics to look at when building an engaged audience? So Instagram is forever changing. Like it is like lately the algorithm is crazy. So I feel like I don't even, I'm not sure. I think, I think you gotta, you gotta, at the end of the day, you have to post what you want to post and what makes you happy. For me, I like to post stuff that's useful. So 
I don't really like to post a, a bunch of just random photos. I really like to post stuff that either has like a caption or I like to post the workouts. So I think instead of chasing the things you think you need to post, which trust me, we've all been there. <laughs> um, I think it's important to just post what represents you and also what you want to post and kind of not focusing so much on the other stuff. I think at the end of the day, you're going to, you're going to have better success and you're going to do better in the long run when you're doing things that you actually enjoy versus doing things you think you should do because you think it's going to do better. Right. A hundred percent. And I also really appreciate what you post because your captions are so, you can tell you've spent a lot of time writing them. You're very real and honest when it comes to discussing your mental health. Why do you think it's important that discussions around mental health are normalized? Okay, so I have dealt with mental health struggles since I was about 10 or 11 years old, so quite young. Um, But I did not get professional help until I was 18. So I was under my first year, year of university. And I remember at that time just feeling like so alone in that process and also very ashamed. Um, And I felt that way for quite some time. I was I didn't have you know, transparency and openness about mental health for some years later after that. And I think it's just, I think it's so important to talk about it because it's so prevalent, especially in today's society and like the chaos we have in our world. And also like with technology, the way it is and being so having so much influence and being, everything's just so accessible. I think that it's shown that, you know, mental health is at a higher prevalence nowadays it might also be because people are more open and talking about it but still it seems that everyone you meet is has dealt with some kind of mental health even if it's not something that's necessarily diagnosed um, or a disorder but they've dealt with you know anxiety or depression or something along those lines so I just think it's important that people know that they aren't alone when they struggle with mental health I think it's important for people to be educated on it so they understand that like what these people are going through a lot of the times is out of their control. Also being, if you're, you know, dealing with somebody who has mental health issues, if you have some kind of education on it, you might know how to handle it and respond better um, and be more supportive. The more we talk about it, the less there's stigma. So for me, that's important because that means that there's higher chances of someone who is struggling is going to get help and seek help if they are in that, you know, in a state of, panic or in a state of they're, you know, they're not doing well. I think when there's a lot of stigma around it, you're more likely not to seek out help or seek out other options or talk about it with someone. Like even if, you know, you're struggling, not even necessarily going to a therapist or doctor, but maybe just going to a friend or a loved one. When stigma is, is lessened, you're more inclined to, you know, reach out and get help for those things, which in in the end is going to help those people. So I just think overall, it makes people feel less alone. It makes people feel more inclined to get help. There's a lot of different treatments out there and a lot of different tools. So I think it's just important. I think also educating people on how to just be more proactive with handling their own mental health and doing things to help yourself. There's so many things you can do, so much self-care. And I think that's also something that is getting talked about a lot more nowadays, which is crucial and it's helping a lot of people. I saw recently on Instagram, you got, you do questions a lot where you engage with your following. And one of the big ones was, well, how do you find therapy or what sort of self-care methods are the best and how do I go about finding them? Yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm very big advocate of therapy and I'm hoping that one day it'll be more accessible in terms of how much it costs and, you know, it'll just be more affordable. So everyone will have 
the ability to utilize it, but I'm fortunate that I have the ability to utilize it and I do. And, um, for me, when I was finding a therapist, I went on Google and I just typed in, you know, therapist London, Ontario. And then I looked up their different reviews, what they specialized in. And then I ended up booking an appointment. I think sometimes it takes a little bit. So like the last time when I was looking, it took me three different therapists to kind of find one that I really liked. So I think that's a big thing is if you don't connect right away, um, you could either give it another try or you can find someone else. But somebody told me that there's a, an app called Psych, Psychology Today. And apparently it's a pretty good one to find um, therapists in your area and kind of what they specialize in. I think another useful tool, I haven't personally used it, but I've seen a lot of people use it, is BetterHelp, which is an online therapy service. Um, it's a, it's easy, easily readable because it's online and I think it's a little bit more affordable. Honestly, Google, like we have this like great search engine at our hands at our fingertips. So I think if you go online, you can find pretty much anything you want and you can read reviews. For some reason, like seeing people, seeing the therapist's photos always like allows me to know if I'm going to be able to like kind of connect with them. Like if I see a photo, I'm like, mm, I think I could connect with that person. So can you talk a little bit about um, your experience of finding the right fit? Because for me, I've just literally stayed with my one therapist that I was again also fortunate to have at such a young age um but I've never gone through that experience either of maybe they're not the right match yeah I don't know how to explain it I feel like it's kind of like when you're you know dating someone we kind of just like it just doesn't vibe well or you're going hanging out with a friend and you don't really get along with them like you kind of just know if you go to a few sessions and you're still just not finding that level of comfort or just not really finding that they can they're understanding or connecting to you, then it's, it's probably a good idea to try someone else. I do think sometimes it takes a bit of time, especially if you're talking about things that are deeply personal, it might take some time for you to open up and to, you know, let those guards down in, in regard to talking about those kind of things. But for me, I found that I've just, I kind of have just known when it's a good fit and when it's not. And I'm, I'm happy I've tried different therapists because I've also utilized different um, therapy techniques, which each one I've found very, beneficial in its own way. And at that time it was helpful. So I've done a few different types and that's kind of also why I've enjoyed working with different therapists. You've also been very vocal about the past two years and how they've extremely shaped and been pivotal in your life. Can you elaborate on those experiences and how they've shaped you today? Yes. So basically not even two in the past 15 months, um, my life has had some traumatic changes, one being that I went through a miscarriage, um, the other being that I separated from my long-term partner and husband. So, you know, some big, big changes in my life um, that have also made me a much different human being than I am today than I was 15 months ago, which is crazy because I really think it, it's things like this in life that you re- that really shape you into who you are. But Um, I think it's made me realize really what's important in life. Like when I think of those times that I was struggling, um, the people that really helped me were my family and my friends, like nothing else mattered. It didn't matter if I lived in a nice home or if I had so many people on social media, or if I had so much money in my bank account, the thing that really helped me get through those times was my family and friends. And it's just made me realize like at the end of the day, that's, that's what's important and I need to never lose sight of that and to always maintain those relationships and maintain time for those people. Because at the end of the day, that's really who got me through what I was going through. 
Um, I think another thing that it allowed me to realize was like a strength that I have within myself that I didn't know I had before. And it kind of gives me the confidence to know that like whatever I go through in my life, and I'm sure as I progress, I'm going to go through other hardships and adversity. But just to know that I have the strength within myself to make it to make it through, it's going to suck, it's going to be hard. But I know at the end of the day, I'll be able to pick myself up and carry on like I have. Um, I think also I've always had this kind of idea and this plan in my head of what my life is and what my life will look like. And it's changed drastically. So I think it's allowed me to kind of like take some pressure off of this idea of what I need my life to be. And I think a lot of us do this. We, you know, we envision our lives and we, we think it has to be this, have a job by this, have a married by 30 kids by this time. We put so much pressure on ourselves and there's so many things in our lives that are out of our control. Let's stop putting so much pressure on this timeline of when we need to have things done and more about just being happy with where we're at right now and allowing things to happen when they happen because everyone's life's different. Everyone's timeline's different. And it doesn't mean that yours is any less or any greater. It's just, you're different. You're on a different path. And um, that was another big thing. And also just acknowledging that like, I'll probably forever just be a work in progress. I'm a work in progress now. I still have a lot of stuff I need to work through and I'm still working through a lot of stuff. And as I continue on through my life, I'll probably always be a work in progress. I don't think you ever get to a finish line. I think you're always just you know dealing with different things and growing as a human being and forever evolving. You know, take time to acknowledge how far you've come. Be proud of the changes and the growth you've made. And don't be so hard on yourself because I feel like we we tend to look at where we need to be. We're always comparing to where we need to be and we lose sight of how far we've already come. Thanks for sharing all that because I think it's uh, being like a part of your family. Obviously, I knew a lot of what was going on and I knew it was very like difficult and traumatic for you. But the fact that you also shared it with all of your followers, I think is very intimate and it's so relatable to us to what you were saying previously, because there's a hundred percent people who follow you who are going through the exact same thing. And they probably just needed a quick reminder of everything you were saying. Like when I went through the miscarriage and I posted about it, I connected with some other women who are also going through that. And like, I still talk to them to this day. So I've actually made friends through this process. And even talking about, you know, my separation, I've also made friends, uh, friends through that process connected with other women who were going through the same thing. So it's been empowering to be able to talk about it and also connect with people. And it's another sense of support in a way, because I'm now talking to people who are going through similar situations and not only are they are able to be there for me, I can also be there for them in some capacity. So yeah, it's been, it's, it's hard to share and open up online because you, you receive criticism and stuff and not everyone understands why you share things online like some people don't agree with it but at the end of the day I've always been kind of someone who just shares things because I feel like that's what I have this platform and I'm like I need to use it for something and for me sharing those things and even if it just impacts a few people it's if it makes me feel like I'm doing something positive How do you stay organized and hold yourself accountable for getting things done? At the end of the day, my motivation is probably like anyone's where it comes and it goes. So like, I'm not always hundred percent motivated, but I kind of have like lists. So I'll do notes on my phone of things I need to get done. And I try to set my calendar like during the weekend for the week prior. So I kind of have an idea 
It's nice now because at the gym, you have to set time blocks. So it's another, it's like you're sending an appointment. So kind of setting appointments for things I have to do. And also not putting so much pressure on myself that I have to do so many things. Like, you know, allowing myself to have some leeway. I think sometimes when we over, like, overpack our, our schedules, we end up getting just so overwhelmed that we don't actually do them all or we're just, like, not happy doing them. So I think making your schedule, like, realistic is important and allowing yourself to have, you know, time for yourself to do what you need to do is also important. So like obviously work hard, but allow yourself to have time to focus on those self-care things. I will make a whole to-do list and it'll be so extensive. And then when I go through the list and I have completed things, I'm always still worried about the things that I didn't get done. It's just not fair. Exactly. It's unrealistic. What is your advice for listeners who have full-time jobs and don't have a lot of time to work out? Okay, so I think there's this like huge misconception that people think that you need to be in the gym two hours every day to get results. No, like I I have actually found to get just as good of results training three to four times a week for, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Fitness needs to be unique to everyone and it needs to be what you enjoy. So, you know, if you like to just wake up and go for a 20 minute walk, make that incorporate that as your fitness. If you want to be someone who works at home with set of dumbbells, you don't need to be spending two hours. You can get in a 20 to 30 minute workout. So I think it's just, again, comes back to that, you know, making something sustainable and realistic. I think fitness needs to be sustainable. You need to set out a plan and set up goals that are actually realistic to work in your schedule. People who are busy, have busy lives, they have full-time jobs and they have kids. Like most people don't have time to spend two hours a day working at the gym, but they can probably spend, you know, three to four times a week spending 20 to 30 minutes working out. And that's important, not only for their own mental health, but just, you know, it's some time for themselves, some time that they can get away and do something for themselves. And I think, I think, especially as you get older. And I think a woman in in general, when you become moms, like your whole life is so selfless. Now you're always thinking about, you know, your kids and you're doing everything for your children. I think it's important that you still take care of yourself, be a good role model for your kids, like, you know, working out and taking time for yourself, because in the end, you're going to be happier and and you're going to be a better parent for that. What are your tips for women who want to start working out, but are apprehensive or nervous about getting into the gym? So you can always start working out at a home, which is good. But if you're someone who wants to go to the gym, I think we almost set ourselves up for failure in this aspect because like I even know for myself, like when you go into a gym and you're intimidated, a lot of it has to do with like you're internalizing things that aren't actually true. When I think about going to the gym, I think that when I look around at most of the people, everyone's kind of in their own little world. No one is really looking at you or judging you. And I think that's the biggest thing to know is when you go to the gym, First of all, most of the gyms, like the gym I'm going to now is great. They have a very positive, welcoming environment. You know, everyone's very encouraging. And I think also knowing that people there are focusing on themselves. They're not there to look at you or to judge you. And I think knowing that and then going there and just kind of knowing, like, I always think like, put, put my music in. I'm in my own little bubble. People probably don't notice me because I'm not really noticing anyone else. And it's usually the case. The biggest thing is to just go because at the end of the day, the first time is going to be intimidating and you're probably going to be nervous. But the more you go, the less that intimidation is, you know, something that's a factor and the more comfortable you'll get. 
and the more comfortable you get with the machines, which will help with your confidence. So even though it's intimidating, the biggest step is just to start and you'll realize it's a lot less intimidating than you thought it was. So what are your plans for the future and what are you most excited about or looking forward to? So right now I'm still just focusing on, you know, feeling a hundred percent back to myself and, you know, being happy and just having, being in a healthy place. I'm actually working on something with Laura. So Laura is my sister and her and I have been working on something for a couple of years and we've been working very hard at it. I can't really disclose much of it because we haven't actually um, divulged into details, but yes, we have a project in the works and I foresee that as something that will be what will take a lot of my time moving forward in my future and something I'm very excited about. And my sister's my best friend. So it's going to be pretty exciting for us to do this project together. And I'm very excited. Thank you so much for listening to the Her Defined podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I want your feedback. Do you have any successful entrepreneurial or businesswoman in your life who should be featured on an episode of Her Defined? If so, send me a DM on Instagram at Podcast or by email at herdefinedpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode has been produced and edited by yours truly, Juliana Dallacosta. Be sure to check back next Tuesday for another episode to hear her stories, hear her advice, hear her defined.